It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA. From the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down. The stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City with your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. When a lockdown happens, what and how much do you want to know? And another round of election updates on the way. And, of course, it's Friday. That means the donkey of shame. But first, give us your bottom line. It's your voice, your show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. Welcome into the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. Happy Friday afternoon, 547-1610. If you would like to join the program, also via email at 610KONA.com. Your name, where you're listening, what you'd like to say. And we're on Twitter. At bottom line 610, uh, coming up at 4 o'clock, we're going to talk with John Valley. He is uh, the organizer behind the repeal I-1639 initiative. Uh, so we'll talk with John at 4 o'clock, see where they are signature-wise and, and kind of what it is um, that they still need to accomplish. So looking forward to chatting with John about that. But one thing, too, we want to let everybody know, Ed, uh, a week from today, we will we will not be in the studio. Oh, No. A week from today, we will be out broadcasting the show, another three-hour edition of The Bottom Line. Uh, we'll be outside. Oh. Yes, we will be outdoors, braving whatever the temperatures will happen to be a week from today. Uh, in the parking lot with Kennewick Albertsons, the corner of Clearwater and Edison, it's our second annual uh, Summit Funding News Radio 610K when a food drive to benefit Second Harvest uh, it will be next Friday, the 15th, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Uh, we'll be broadcasting live for 12 hours out there. The goal, fill a 25-foot box truck. Compliments of Pasco Tire Factory. Of course, Albertsons will have pre-made bags uh, for anyone that would like to come by and help us reach that goal. Uh, non-perishable food items, cash donations, certainly welcome. Uh, we had a great time doing it last year. And when it was all said and done, when hour 12 rolled past Ed and we got the results uh, the next day from Second Harvest, uh, we brought in nearly 8,000 pounds of food, and that was enough to help feed 6,300 families. Yep, that was awesome. So the goal this year is to beat that goal, and we can do that with your help. So we look forward to seeing you next Friday. Uh, we will be on the tail end of the live broadcast, three-hour bottom line tomorrow from Kennewick Albertsons, Edison, and Clearwater for our second annual Summit Funding News Radio 610 KONA Food Drive to benefit Second Harvest. Next Friday. You said Next tomorrow. Friday. Oh, you sorry. Tomorrow. I did? Tomorrow? You, you, yeah. I'm getting ahead of myself. You are. That's next why Friday. I, yes, next Friday. A week. Tomorrow. Wow. That'd be tough. <laughs> be tough. We don't have anything out there yet. It'd be yeah. tough. But uh, So we hope to see everybody out there next Friday. It should be a great time. If you want to come by, challenge your friends. Uh, if you have a small business and want to challenge those in, the, in your industry to help us fill that truck, we sure would appreciate it. Looking forward to seeing people down there. And uh, last year was just crazy. And, and looking forward to another great year of filling up a truck and helping those families in need during this time of year. Um, you know, we, we usually take a few days off from talking about national stuff just because it, it, it's – it's not that it's constantly changing because it seems to be one common theme recently, but we give it a couple of days, let some more fallout happen, 
take a look at it and we go, okay, well, what can we pull out of this one? So, you know, we talked a little bit the other day about the Epstein thing, um, which, you know, now the person who got fired said they weren't the whistleblower, which, okay, however that, that's going to wind up working out. But isn't it interesting? Well, not that, only that, let me interrupt you, not only that, but the actual whistleblower, the person that turned over the the video uh-huh. to Project Veritas, still works at ABC. Still works at ABC. CBS fired the wrong person. And this person that still works at ABC sent out um, a message to everyone involved. Um, basically, you know, saying it was wrong of CBS to fire the wrong person. Apologized to Amy Robach, which was interesting because mm-hmm. she's kind of been caught in the middle of this, but uh, justified their actions because it is bringing stuff into light. Oh, absolutely. And we'll see if there's a wrongful termination lawsuit that uh, I would think so. comes CBS's way I would think as so. a result of that. But, you know, a lot of this, and it isn't interesting how CBS files fire, fires a supposed whistleblower while uh, another whistleblower that has had more than their share of um, contradictory evidence come to light is is being protected by that same group of uh, individuals like their Fort Knox. They're the most valuable thing in Fort Knox. Um, not all whistleblowers are created equal, apparently. No, they're not. And and by the way, for the, for all those that are wondering exactly the whole thing about whistleblower and, and, and why that word why that word floats around the way it does, the protections that are afforded to a whistleblower, whistleblower laws were created to protect a whistleblower from retaliation within their workplace. Yes. Within their specific job. So in other words, whistleblowers were encouraged to come forward through federal legislation that was passed to highlight improprieties, illegal activity, and so on and so forth in their workplace that they may not have reported previously for fear of retribution. And that's what whistleblower laws do. Whistleblowers, whistleblower laws do not give you the right to remain anonymous. No, but they they do, or they're designed anyway to protect you from basically getting fired right. for putting forth information. Exactly. They're there to protect you from getting fired. However, they're not there to protect your identity. No. And so, therefore, if a member of the media or a media outlet or a writer or a Joe off the corner happens to find out who somebody, a particular whistleblower is... There is no legal obligation to keep that name quiet. No, but it does affect people's feelings, and that is is exponentially more important well, than the truth. It, it only affects people's feelings if they're liberal. Because if it's a conservative whistleblower, doesn't matter the safety or security of them or their family. That name's going to be out there everywhere. In fact, they're encouraged to go it, after it, them. Absolutely. We've seen doxing to the hilt, you know, more times than we'd care to to go over when it comes to things the left doesn't like. But the whistleblower's name has been outed. In fact, it's interesting. If you've seen the picture floating around social media, you can actually see him in a photograph standing with a large assembly of former Obama administration employees um, on the last day of Obama's time in the White House. So in the Obama administration... 
has made conflicting statements regarding who they've had contact with. And this person is being protected like the Pope by some elements, even though there are more holes that have been poked in this theory than a two-hour game of pin the tail on the donkey. Well, the reason why this person is being protected so much is this is it. This is this is the Democrats' one and only chance. And, and you heard uh, earlier, I think Lars mentioned it, that the time the timetable now for this whole impeachment process is going to go into next year, an election year. They they've and that should surprise nobody that this is their they're they're going for the home run. They're going for the home run. This is their last chance. Uh, they've been trying ever since the the results started coming in on election night uh, when Trump was was named the the next president and this is this is it that they've been putting their eggs in the impeachment basket uh for quite some time and this is why this person is being protected because this is the last ditch effort they have to uh to remove trump from office and or get reelected you know, the unfortunate thing with this is there are more things that continue to float out surrounding all of this. For example, I believe it was the – was she the former ambassador to the Ukraine? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, she was the former ambassador to the Ukraine who came out and, and said that she had no contact with um, Adam Schiff or his office or anything like that before – she gave her testimony and gave her comments. And then they found her emails. Yeah. And guess what they showed? It's like if you're in if you're involved in this impeachment thing in any way, shape, or form, no matter what side of the aisle, you should probably have learned by now if you're not telling the truth. Or if anybody thinks you're not telling the truth, they're going to find out. And then it's going to look bad for you. And it's going to look bad for whichever side of this argument that you're on. And we've seen it on both sides. People make comments. Somebody goes digging, finds those comments are inaccurate, or finds that it's 180 degrees from what they uh, what they had said originally. And it's like, okay, now this is out there. So is there anybody that's been involved in this this whole impeachment debacle that has any credibility left? Again, which is exactly why they're trying to keep the identity of this whistleblower under wraps, because as soon as the name is out there, which it is, people are going to start digging around and try and and might possibly find things to derail that effort. And this is their last best hope to to get Trump removed from office. And so, yeah, it goes to exactly what you're saying. We got to take a time out. 547-1610, 509-547-1610. Five four seven one six ten five zero nine five four seven one six ten. If you'd like to join the conversation, email us too by going to the website six ten kona dot com. Go to the bottom line page, fill out the form. Rob and I get your email, and uh, more than likely we'll read it. Ninety nine point nine nine percent of the time, there there are there are some times where we haven't, but uh, you know, such is life. 
Now back to the bottom line. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City. It's your voice, your show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline. 509-547-1610. Bottom line is Radio 610 K1A. 547-1610 is the number if you'd like to get involved. Also via email, 610K1A.com. Your name, where you're listening, what you'd like to say, as well as on Twitter, bottom line, 610. Skyview Law, George Washington, Wayne Richland are the experts in family law in the Tri-Cities. Over 10 years, Jared and his team have been working on behalf of those going through divorces, long-term relationships, especially when there are a lot of assets involved, parenting plans to put together, child custody situations. Trust Jared and his team to help you Go down that road as smoothly as possible. Have them in your corner whenever it comes to a situation where a relationship comes to an end and there are a number of things that have to be decided upon. Contact Jared and his team via their website, skyviewlaw.com. Find out how you can get your free case review, your free consultation with Skyview Law, George Washington Way in Richland. So uh, we're talking a bit about how things just kind of continued to evolve, devolve, I should say. Because uh, I don't think they're really evolving in this whole impeachment net mess. Focusing on the Ukraine call. And then, of course, more stuff regarding Hunter Biden had come forward. Um, it just... It, it, maybe Joe Biden is supposed to be collateral damage in this. Maybe. I mean, we know that there was a strong, a pretty extensive period of time there where... There were many within the Democratic Party looking to pick Joe off, yeah, take him down from the top of the perch, and and it's worked to some degree, but not nearly as as nicely as they would like. But if they can tie Biden and Trump together, would that be what those that do not want Biden to have the nomination? Would that be the way for them to do it if they can link Hunter Biden with this Ukraine thing and? have some shred of hope that Trump may get caught up in doing something. I mean, the Biden stuff looks a lot worse than the Trump stuff. But but by tying Hunter Biden in with this and having Joe having to defend it, is that a you know, is that a win for those on the far left that want Elizabeth Warren to have the nomination? Because it is tainting Joe, let's be honest. It it is hurting him to a degree. It is and reflectively it's it's hurting the whole democratic party you can make that argument too for uh, all six of the the moderates that are still out there in this country who are um you know not sure who they're going to vote for yet yeah i i mean i'm i'm actually surprised that we haven't heard more along the lines of what you just said look many people believe that there were forces within the Democratic Party that wanted Hillary to knock off Bernie Sanders. So they made Bernie's life hell during the election process three years ago. And so it's not a stretch to say that the same thing isn't happening now. You know, it it, it really, it's, here's the thing, though. Three years ago, the the DNC, everybody knew that the DNC was backing Hillary. We knew that. And that Bernie was kind of a fringe, although a pretty popular fringe candidate then. Right. 
and, you know, caused caused some grief. I don't know if if it's known whom the DNC is backing right now. Maybe it's too early to say, but I mean, we're now a year away, you know, from the general election. They're going to have to start figuring this out here pretty soon. So my point is that if if the far left has actually hijacked the DNC, then yes, Joe Biden would be collateral damage. Um, but it could very well be the, the opposite. You know, the DNC backed Hillary as opposed to a fringe candidate in Bernie. Could they be backing Joe Biden? And you start finding and you start seeing some of the far left candidates get picked off. I don't know the answer to that. Five four seven one six ten five oh nine five four seven one six ten if you'd like to join the conversation. You know, the news coming today that Michael Bloomberg has filed to run for president could be the first sign that Joe Biden is in real trouble. Yeah. Because Michael Bloomberg was and has been viewed over the years through slightly different magnifying glasses. Um, When Bloomberg first became the mayor of New York, he was heralded as truly an independent, Mm -hmm. as somebody who was a little bit conservative, but also liberal enough to uh, appease the needs of those in New York that, that, that had the extremely liberal conscience. As time went on, Bloomberg definitely went farther to the left, became less of an independent, became True. more of a nanny state type mayor, you know, wanting to ban wanting to ban soda altogether and then wanted to ban soda based on sizes and everything else and all that different garbage. But now he's filed. And there's some speculation that Bloomberg is going to once again try to reclaim those moderate roots. Well, by today's standards, he is a moderate Democrat. He's de- he's a Democrat, no question. But he's not an independent. There's there's no yeah he's not an independent there's no anymore. conservative in there at all. But by today's standards of the Democratic Party, he is a moderate, and he is direct competition to the Joe Biden voters out there. So yeah, I think you know you want to read the tea leaves and into into this move. Much like, think about this for a moment, much like why Tom Steyer entered when he did in direct competition with Jay Inslee, because Jay Inslee wasn't gaining any traction. They're basically the same candidate, except for one has way more money than the other. They both are running on this climate change issue. Bloomberg would enter the race because... They're not so sure that Joe Biden is their guy, but they want to appeal to the same voter base. It's interesting. There's a lot of jockeying going on. And again, we are we are a year away from the general election. Forget about trying to figure out, you know, I mean, the conventions are six months away, eight months away. Yeah. This, uh, people got to figure their stuff out. Five four seven one six ten is the number. If you'd like to email us, go to the website, 610kona.com. Go to the bottom line page and send us your question or your comment. More of the show after this. 
up with the bottom line on Twitter at bottom line 610. Now back to the show presented by McCary meets in Basin City. News Radio 610 KONA 547-1610. If you'd like to get involved, also via email, 610KONA.com is the website, bottom line page. Dean, where you're listening, what you'd like to say. And we're on Twitter at bottom line 610 as well. So talking a little bit more about Michael Bloomberg, because I think this is really interesting. And and one of the reasons why is you know, Tom Steyer hopped in a couple months back because he, he wasn't happy with um, with his candidate du jour at that point in time, Jay Inslee. He stopped donating to his campaign, didn't think Inslee was doing enough to push the environmental agenda or wasn't gaining enough traction while pushing the environmental agenda and felt that there needed to be a different mouthpiece. So here comes Tom Steyer. Okay, Steyer is a self-made billionaire. Okay, so you can... You, you can look at that as the Democrat version of Donald Trump, okay? He's okay. A hedge, but he's a hedge fund manager. Yeah. He's not something that Democrats usually tend to point to and go, I like you. Yeah, right. They're, they don't tend to be. They don't, they don't gravitate towards businessmen. Your far left base <laughs> doesn't. Right. They, they they look at hedge funds managers as being evil. That's right. So They're Tom Steyer, for as liberal as he is, as much of an environmentalist as he is, and as much of a hate Trump to the end of time guy as he is, he's not caught on. Howard Schultz who flirted with the idea of running as an independent. I don't know if Howard's a billionaire, but he's got a lot of money. Yes, he does. Had enough money to easily self-fund a presidential campaign if he would have chosen to do that. Yes. Howard Schultz built a business. Yeah. Okay. Built a business. Not a hedge fund manager, but a businessman, a guy who understands what the implications of taxation, minimum wage, um, being able to create a stable workforce, being able to thrive in a changing economy, things like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, Howard Schultz never actually pulled the trigger. Okay, and now you've got Michael Bloomberg. Yeah, and Michael Bloomberg, we know is. Well, one of the things he is most famous for is the network. He founded Bloomberg. Yeah. But Michael Bloomberg, again, where did a lot of his fortune come from? Global finance. And so here's another guy who, even though he was the mayor of New York, when the larger Democratic base begins looking at him and his background, they're going to see... Global finance. Now, we also know that the far left isn't a fan of billionaires. This would be the second one to enter the race on the Democratic side. They're not. Well, I'm going to disagree with you just a bit. They they are not a fan of those with money running for office. They are a fan of 
particularly white, old white men with money who fund their efforts from more so behind the scenes, the George Soros's and the yeah. things like that. They're cool with George Soros money. Right. And and him doing what he's doing. But if George Soros decided to run for office, they wouldn't like him either. Well, they'll take George's money because George is giving it to them. Right. They don't want um they don't want George to keep the money. If George keeps the money, that's bad. If George gives away the money, that's good. So hand it on down to all the organizations you want. We'll take it. You're a, you're, you're, you're a philanthropist. You're a funder. Oh, but if you hang on to your money, oh, that's not good. That's bad. Yeah. That's very bad. Um, which is why I think it's going to be really interesting for Michael Bloomberg. Because that same group that has not embraced Tom Steyer, that same group that is supportive of wealth taxes and free everything else, I don't think they're going to respond to Michael Bloomberg. And I think Michael Bloomberg is going to have a hard time stepping in to be that moderate replacement for Joe Biden. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610 K. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Well, Sparky, again, I'm going to intermix national and local. Uh, you, know, you know, all these investig I, I know I sound cynical, but all these investigations, all these lawsuits are costing us taxpayers uh, millions and millions and millions of dollars. And and uh, Ferguson's lawsuits and uh, all this stuff and that, and now King who, King County and who's the other who's the other one that's jumping on board on this uh, thirty dollar uh, tab deal uh, overturning the, city, the voters the city of anyway, Seattle I'm getting tired I'm getting kind of tired of it to be honest with you okay I'll let you go thanks for the call Sparky uh, interesting thing is uh, of course King County filing it it's King County taxpayer dollars city of Seattle filing it is. Uh, taxpayer dollars from the city of Seattle. Now, to defend it, obviously, it would be Bob Ferguson um, if he chose to do so. I, I think that there's a lot of concerns about Bob Ferguson being involved in the defense of this in any way, shape, or form, specifically because he has actually led lawsuits against Tim Iman himself. So the, 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 the thought would be that Ferguson would have to recuse himself and would not be able to take part in this at all and that somebody else in his staff would have to defend the initiative in court. Um, but Which isn't completely unheard of. I mean, he's not directly involved in every lawsuit that they do. Only the ones against Trump. Um, well, yes, but you know, my point is, is that it, people shouldn't look at it as, oh, well, you know, the, the junior varsity is going to have to, uh, you know, support this because they have to. It, you know, whether it's the Solicitor General Noah Purcell or, you know, some of the other staff, they're the ones that actually do all the work anyway. Well, and then the, I mean, he's just kind of the manager. The other part of the question with this is going to come in. People are going to very closely be watching the defense of this. And are they going to give it a real defense? Or are they going to give it a, yeah, we gave it the good old college try, but darn, if we just would have fought a little bit harder, we'd have been able to get it across the finish line. I think there's a lot of people that are extremely skeptical about the the Attorney General's office and any defense of I-976, but that's just me. Um, there, it's, it's well known there's zero love lost between Bob Ferguson and Tim Iman. So, uh, yeah, they're off each other's Christmas card list. Yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully the AG's office realizes who they work for, and 
They will give whatever challenges to 976. They will give the initiative as vigorous a defense as they would have against a climate change initiative that would have been challenged in court as well. So we can only hope that uh, the office will do the right thing there. Five four seven one six ten. If you would like to get involved, bottom line Friday afternoon. I've got a little bit of breaking news that's not necessarily local at all, but it's it's of interest. We've talked about it uh, a handful of times on this program. And what did I say about the race for the Seattle City Council? Shama Shama Sawant has taken the lead. She has taken the lead over her uh, competitor, whereas uh, her challenger, uh, last name is Orion, he actually had 54% to 46%. That was was an 8% lead on election night. Held steady a little bit, started to shrink yesterday, and now Shama Sawant is leading uh by a little bit in that race. But I said this, this is exactly what happened when she last ran for Seattle City Council. Her people are late arriving to the party, but they show up eventually. Well, yeah, it's they just crazy. To, they they have to get transportation to drop the ballot <laughs> off. You're terrible. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. Who's this? Where are you calling from today? Hey, guys. This is Chris from Richland. Hi, Chris. Hey, I'd like to change the subject, get off politics, and talk about this anniversary we got today. And what I'm talking about is the the Berlin Wall coming down. Um, I happened to be there when it came down. It was an unbelievable experience. It still feels like it happened yesterday, today. Um, the experiences of being able to see uh, the, what people went through living on the other side of that wall, and then to think about how people say walls don't work, believe me, walls work. Um, that wall killed a lot of people. Um, I wish they would teach a little more about this and give a little bit more about this experiences in school so kids would understand a little bit about socialism and communism. Um, I could go on for many hours. I have lots of stories, lots of photos, but I'll let you go. i just like to say um, I'd like to recognize this holiday. Thank you. Appreciate it. 547-1610, we'll take a time out. You know, we all remember the famous words that were uttered by President Reagan. But it wasn't until a number of years later, four years later, I believe, that the wall came down. So, 87 was the speech, 91 was when the wall came down, finally. Yep. Remember watching the coverage, people running up to the walls, it was being destroyed, taking pieces, putting it in their pocket to save as a memento. Give us your bottom line. Call 509-547-1610. Now, back to the show. Presented by McCary Meets in Basin City. 
Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610-K1A, 547-1610. The number, if you want to get involved, you can hit us up via email at 610-K1A.com. Your name, where you're listening, what you'd like to say on the bottom line page. And also through Twitter at bottom line 610, where Leo sent us a tweet. Said, uh, bad news for Benton Franklin Counties with this IMAN initiative. Sorry, Sparky, our bridges and roads will erode, and you'll get mad at our municipalities for not doing anything or mismanaging our tax dollars. Well, Leo, first, our tax dollars are being mismanaged already, number one. Number two... Um, you don't get the right to turn around and raise taxes by $22 billion and then cry poor when taxpayers tell you they've had enough. It, it, we're not here to work to subsidize government. We are not here to try and make a living and to do the things in our lives to put food on the table for our families, shelter over the heads of our families, and try to find some small aspect of things to enjoy in life just to subsidize government and what government wants to do. That's not why we're here. The government in the state of Washington has done a tremendous job of mismanaging money for as long as I can remember. We'll go back to the beginning of Chris Gregoire's tenure as governor, where she walked in with a surplus and turned it into a deficit in no time. One term, wiped out a surplus. So the mismanagement of tax dollars has been going on, but don't cry poor mouth when you raise taxes by $22 billion and then say, but oh no, we won't be able to take care of bridges and roads because we cut the car tab tax. Stop spending money in disingenuous ways and in frivolous ways, and you'll have plenty of money. Maybe earmark some money for outside of the gas tax for transportation because not much of the car tab money was going for that. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610K. What's your name? Where are you calling from? My name is Jim Lewis, and you're way overstating how badly government misspends money. The government is doing a pretty doggone good job. When you compare government with an awful lot of industry, government actually compares quite well. So cutting out the $20 registration fee is penny-wise and pound-foolish because truly there will be more potholes. You'll spend more money in congestion because you can't work on traffic improvement if you don't have any money. So there's my opinion. And we appreciate your call and your opinion. At the same time, I would counter with why are you spending $750 million or $750,000 on a dam study that falls not under your purview? That's a waste of money right there. That's a complete and total mismanagement of taxpayer money. You're spending it on something you can't do a stinking thing about. You look at how much money that the government in the state of Washington brings in, it all goes into the general fund. If you really want to manage money wisely, you would turn around and look at some of those taxes and earmark them for specific projects. But do we see that? Now we see the overwhelming majority going into a general fund, and then we see tax. We see title-only bills come from the legislature at 3 o'clock in the morning that don't get a public hearing to turn around and increase B&O taxes on specific industries. But that's not a mismanagement either. That's not disingenuous in any way, shape, or form. If any industry ran that way, they'd be out of business because they'd be sued like crazy. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, this is Dave from Kittle. Hi, Dave. What's up? You know, um, I don't know why everybody's making a big hubbub about this. These uh, license plate tabs, because we all know that every dime we give them, it doesn't go to general transportation. It goes to the general fund, 
They can pick and choose, spend that money wherever they want, and I'm tired of paying for their mass transit projects that keep losing ridership. I just, if I knew my money wasn't going to go to pay for one of their fancy trains, I'd pay twice as much. Thank you. Thanks for the call, Dave. Going back to the phones, you're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 K1A. Your name, where are you calling from? Hey, my name is John. What's on your mind, John? Sorry? What's on your mind, John? Oh, I was told to call here at 4 o'clock. You're a little bit bit early, John. Give us a call back in about uh, five or six minutes. Thanks. A little bit early. we got uh, got a couple minutes left before we get into that. By the way, we will at uh, 4 o'clock dive into the discussion on six, the repeal of 1639. Uh, John Valley will join us in the program to talk about that. But, um, you know, if, if, if here's the thing. If you think government spends money so great and they do such a wonderful job, how many countries can we look at that have so much government control that tax their people to the to the end extremes and are impoverished let's go back to the phones you're up on the bottom line who's this where are you calling from yeah this is robert from pasco hi robert hey um people forget this tabs deal uh before we lowered the tab prices before my brother bought a new dodge pickup and he was paying thirteen hundred dollars a year for tabs and the state's been pissed off ever since they got lowered, and that's why it keeps creeping up every year. They're charging you for all kinds of stuff now, and you're paying a weight fee. You're starting to get the electric cars. So it's a never-ending process with them. So I'm super happy that that one passed. Thanks for the call. And that's another thing people forget is before that, it was based on the Kelly Blue Book value, a percentage of the Kelly Blue Book value of your vehicle. I mean, I remember when I moved out here, you saw junkers all over the place. You didn't see a ton of new cars on the road because your tabs were a percentage of the Kelly Blue Book value of your car. When the when the $30 tabs passed, car lots around here went crazy because people were buying new cars like nobody's business. There's nothing wrong with wanting to keep your own money. And there's nothing wrong for working hard and wanting to keep your own money. And the real crux of this tab issue is not here. The crux is sound transit. The crux is the fact that people were paying that amount of money now over on the west side of the state for car tabs. We're not talking about $60 over here that was the problem. We're talking about $1,300 in the Puget Sound area that was the problem. And so now, specifically, those things are going to be hit. Is it going to have a small impact in Benton County and Franklin County? Yeah, it is going to have a small impact. But once again, it's going to force governments to be creative and look for places that they may be overspending and shift it into other areas. Not to mention, we also have a lot of state roads out here that the state is responsible for maintaining. Whether they pay us to maintain them or not, different story. But the overwhelming negative impact of this is going to be felt on the west side of the state. Not nearly as badly here, but there will be an impact. There's no question about that. 